Welcome to the Mixed Blessing Podcast. I'm Chandra Crane, and today we're breaking bread at the multi-ethnic table with Jennifer Clark. My fellow mixed folks, there's a chair here just for you. So come on, get comfy, and let me pour you a cup of tea, my friends. I had such a fun time chatting with Jennifer for today's episode. She has such a great perspective on a variety of subjects, from being raised in a military family to the power of representation that she felt when Parasite won Best Picture at the Oscars. I laugh boisterously, which is nothing new, and Jennifer gets real when she talks about boundaries and the difference between being curious about a random acquaintance and humbly wanting to learn more about a friend. Being someone who enjoys poetry and visual art and has an overactive imagination, I get to picture Jennifer in various settings, chasing after her kids, writing for Christianity Today, as a little girl learning Korean folktales, and hosting glamorous Oscars parties. I hope you'll also receive, as a gift, this glimpse into Jennifer's life and find the exhortation to be honest about the dual nature of joy and lament, of knowing others and being known. So let's get to know each other a little better, shall we? Today, I am here with my friend, Jennifer Clark. She is a wife and she says an unwilling governess to her two children, which I love. She also freelances for the Area Code Podcast Network. And I first met Jennifer over Twitter. So this is fun to have one of these Twitter friendships that I feel really is a friendship. We've done actually a lot of anecdotal life together on Twitter as we've commiserated and laughed and bonded together. And hopefully and prayerfully at some point in time, we'll get to sit across from each other and have a cup of tea together. But for now, I'm excited to be at this multi-ethnic virtual table with her and to hear some of her story and to be blessed by it and to celebrate who she is, who she has been created to be, how her identity in the brown, Middle Eastern, multi-ethnic Christ is an important part of her story and gives meaning to all that she does and all of who she is. So welcome so much, Jennifer. Thank you for being here. Thank you, Chandra. It's so good to see your face. I know. Hooray for Zoom. So to get started, as many mixed folks, multi-ethnic folks know, as well as I mentioned in the book, we often get asked, what are you? which is a frustrating, dehumanizing, bizarre question. So I will not ask that, but I want to ask rather, would you share about your heritage and your story with us? How do you identify ethnically? Um, Tell us more about you. Yeah, of course. And I just love that you talk about Jesus's multi-ethnic identity, that he is Mm -hmm. this brown Middle Eastern man, because I actually do share some of that with him. Love it. Yeah, as far as my ethnic identity, my mother is Korean uh, from South Korea, and my dad is, I, I thought most of my life, half Lebanese, half Irish. Ellis Island, his grandfather and his father came through from Lebanon, Wow! except that my mother-in-law is really into genealogy. She got us one of those DNA kits, and I found out um, that I actually, my family that side of my family hails from Syria. So, okay. Yeah. So I had Syrian relatives who emigrated to Lebanon. Wow. In search of a better life. And then 
another two relatives from Lebanon came uh, over to the States. So it is just really a much richer picture. Um, that DNA test really, yeah, helped me see all the different stories that are entwined with mine. Yeah. So you feel like the DNA test was a good thing. Uh, it was empowering. It wasn't too shocking to hear no. more of that story. <laughs> No, just nuance, which is, mm -hmm, you know, something mm -hmm. that we as multi-ethnic folks, I think, love and, and want more of in our lives and in our relationships. Absolutely. And what a rich heritage to have. It's not that having that direct ethnic link with Jesus gives you a leg up, right? Right. But it gives you a deep understanding. And you do have ancestors that walked the sands of the place where he walked. Mm. And that is powerful and precious. So thank you for sharing that, that rich heritage with us. Anything else you'd like to throw out there about your ethnic journey, your ethnic story? Really, my mom was, is the one who embodies Korean culture most to me. Mm -hmm. I, I'm not fluent in the language. I know a little bit. We did live there, um, live in South Korea for a few years. My, my dad was in the military, so we moved around quite a bit. Okay. Yeah. So I think that is just part of my story too, is this idea of code switching and mm -hmm. learning different cultures, learning how to be, uh, and even finding ways to connect with others that don't always involve shared language, but sometimes shared experience. So that is a big part as well. Wow. That's really powerful to think about communication that supersedes language, mm. right? And I think yeah. that is an interesting part of so many mixed folks stories where for those of us, I also really don't speak Thai at all and wish I did. Right. So it seems that in some ways, those of us who don't have that tie to our heritage languages uh, feel that grief. But then in some ways, those who do have that language, there's also a sense of, but I don't have the phenotype maybe to match mm. it. And yeah. so there's this awkwardness there too. And so I love the idea of communicating and communing with shared experience. That's so helpful. Thank you. Yeah, of course. That leads us nicely into a question of grief and joy. And so we'll just come right out of the gate. Jennifer, would you share all of your deepest griefs with us? <laughs> no um, problem. <laughs> is, is there a story that you would love to share with listeners? Of course, this podcast is for, by, and about multi-ethnic mixed folks. But for those mono-ethnic siblings who are listening, we'd love to in, enrich their experience. And for those of us who are mixed, to be able to commiserate and be seen. Talk about either grief or joy, especially in the context of the church. Yeah, there is grief, I think, in just not having that shared understanding with everyone if they if they have more of a monoethnic identity especially mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah and it, it's always just like well, are you are you x enough are you mm. korean enough are you thai enough like what's the point is it the food or is it the language the way you look because mixed folks have quite a history in korea it's definitely been a few generations now of that of that intermixing and korea as a country uh, is really formed from a lot of other Asian countries as well. So, okay. yeah, that's not a new thing, but I think just not knowing the language, that was maybe the biggest thing that would have made me more of an insider <laughs> to the culture. Um, sure. There's like that disappointment of being like the native son or native daughter, but you don't like, you don't know the language. And yeah. 
why is it that you don't know the language? Mm, wow. Yeah. <laughs> How right. long do you have? Let me tell yeah, you why exactly. I don't. <laughs> right. So those are some, I think there's some grief there of, and then of course, you know, feeling like you are in this third culture space, no matter yes. where you are. Um, I think being in a military family where we're living in places that are not so much our hometowns, but they are home for a time, mm-hmm. meaning you have to kind of put together a home in a few years and then, you know, pull up your roots and do it again. Wow. Uh, Yeah. So now to be in a place where I lived, I did get to live in Kentucky for eight years. That was the longest I'd been in one place for my whole life. And now really eight eight, years. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Eight years. That was it. Right. So it feels like my hometown in a sense, my adopted hometown, Louisville, Kentucky. Louisville. Here, here, not that, not even like you got the Louisville. Very nice. Yes, that's how, that's how you know. That's how you know a right. real one. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. Which goes back to language, right? Mm-hmm. You code switched and adapted and adopted right. that pronunciation and made it your home. Mm. I know, even when, so my mother-in-law still lives down south when we've visited her I get a little bit of a twang and I'm just like, I don't know. This is just what I do when I'm around you. It's not like I'm making fun of you, but I just, I want to talk more like you. I want to be understood like you. So, right. Right. Yeah. It is funny. So then even now where we live in the Chicago suburbs, it's been, it's coming up on six years. So just that sense of place of, of rootedness that I didn't always have growing up. I am starting to have here and my children now have it. Um, this, this future of possibly being from the same place where you, where you were born is something that we can offer to them if, if we want to, um, we don't know quite yet, but that's just something they haven't had to pick up and move, um, you know, in the early part of their life. I hope to spare them from some of that grief, but, you know, I think there's also value in, in learning how to join a new group of people and, finding that. Yeah, it's, it sounds really formative. So I did not have the moving around story. I was born 20, 20 minutes from where I was raised in New Mexico, but I love that you use the word rooted. Hmm. To me, that's the overarching narrative, right? That you were rooted in your family of origin, in your ability, like you said, to make a home wherever you went, at least for a time. Um, whereas your children and now this family of origin that you have for them is learning a rootedness in place, in stability, right? And how valuable both of those narratives are and how they have their pros and cons, if you will. And I think that's part of the joy of code switching you're talking about is that ability to see both sides and to really value a variety of narratives, right? Because mm-hmm. we as mixed people have to be able to, to honor all the parts of ourselves, even as we lean into one part or another at a different point in time. So I love, I'm just med. I will be meditating all day on that word rooted. I think that's so powerful. And that leads so nicely into the joy. Are there some stories of joy, especially as a mom, as a wife, as someone who is part of a church family that you would like to share that you feel is illustrative, that is part of your journey and your growth? One thing my mom did, I think as much for herself as for us was every place we moved to, we always found a Korean American church to join. Okay. Wow. 
yeah, she was lucky to find to find them, I think, in some of the places <laughs> we lived in, but she she managed to. And there is, at, at least in the churches we were in, there was a lot of hospitality, a lot of like, you share meals together every Sunday yes. after service. Yes. Yeah. Culturally, I felt like all the, especially the women there, the women were absolutely the ones driving those churches, keeping them alive, bringing their their spouses, their kids, um, doing a lot of that work. So I would find usually other half Korean kids, um, like me and my brother. Okay. So you were able to find some mixed folks to build friendships with. That's fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, it felt like we had a sense of place Mm -hmm. wherever we were, even though the community and the church would change every few years. There were even things like Korean classes. Some really motivated moms would want to (laughs) (laughs) gather these unmotivated children together at the church and teach us Korean. Um, One of them even taught us some of the mythology and and even just some of the folklore, Korean folklore, which was really valuable to me after we had already lived in Korea and I was kind of separated from that it was great. These women also had to, I mean, I think in some ways were a bridge between Korea and uh, the States for their kids. So yeah. they did a lot of work there. I'm, I'm really grateful to them. I love that you're honoring your foremothers. And it strikes me that I love that they were able to share folklore with you because these were women who were strong in their faith. It sounds mm-hmm. like real matriarchs of the church yeah, loved Jesus, but understood in some ways that I think majority culture folks don't understand how to embrace that folklore, how to embrace that heritage mm-hmm. in a way that is not dishonoring to the faith, but rather enhances it and is not a challenge to it, but gives a context to that. And so what a joy to be able to know those stories and pass them on to your kids and see how they highlight Christ's love for the nations. Mm. And I'm just picturing little Jennifer sitting, listening to these stories of these matriarchs. And I love it. What a fun mental image. That's delightful. Yeah. There's a lot of joy now. I feel like just the array of, of books available and music mm-hmm. that I can give to my kids. Like I doesn't, I, I don't have to do as much work as my mom did to find Korean cultural resources it's pretty easy with the internet age to find what I need or what I'm interested in. They've read some Korean folktale books with me and they're thankfully in English so I can <laughs> not have to stumble over translating. Awesome. Yeah, we take advantage of that, um, of the rich resources there now. That definitely was one of the joys um, in my ch- early church life. That's fantastic. What a, what a powerful witness uh, to the world and to the church as a universal body. Before we get to um, kind of the synopsis and the synthesis of what being mixed means to you and how you interact with the world as mixed person, I'd love to take a quick break and um, I'm going to go get some more virtual tea and I'll come back and I'll pour you another cup and then we will spill the tea and we'll hear more. So thank you, Jennifer. Uh, We'll be back in a minute. Today's episode is sponsored by Hearts and Minds Books in Dallastown, Pennsylvania. Hearts and Minds is more than a bookstore. It's an unabashedly Christian space for serious, reflective readers. They serve business folk, scientists, artists, college students, moms, dads, and kids, 
pastors, poets, and politicos. To order from a variety of books and read Byron's renowned book notes, visit heartsandmindsbooks.com. It's H-E-A-R-T-S and M-I-N-D-S dot com. And our listeners can save 20% by mentioning the Mixed Blessing Podcast. We are back at the multi-ethnic table with my friend, Jennifer Clark. She is sharing some powerful stories about who she is in Christ and how she was raised in the church in a way that honors her multi-ethnic roots and roots her in Christ in a way that blesses who she is as a holistic person. And one of the things I love is this ability to reminisce, um, this ability to think back and say, oh, I had forgotten about that part of my childhood or yeah, connecting those dots between this is how I parent my children or interact with my church community. I think it's really powerful to be able to distill these things. Um, There's a lot of nuance and it's important to have that conversation, but it's also really gratifying and encouraging to be able to summarize and and say, here's one main idea. So Jennifer, is there, is there one thing that you wish people knew or believed or acted on as they see you in your ethnicity, especially as someone who has some varying ethnicities from varying parts of the world, but does have some white presenting features? What do you wish people knew or how would you be honored if they treated you or saw you in a certain way? Yeah, that is a great question. Um, I think so much of my experience with with others who don't share the same multi-ethnic identity it's like I I kind of am either on like the defensive a little bit right with the what are you question it's like your hackles are raised you're like what do you what do you think I am what Uh are you expecting uh me to say and you just you're they're expecting a simple answer to something that's very complicated right yes yeah so I wanted to say like curiosity but I'm like no I don't think that curiosity is quite it Mm -hmm, Um, mm -hmm. as a posture, I think humility and empathy are, Mm. are huge. Just, you know, you may have that curiosity of who, what their, what all their heritage is, but that's not going to tell you much, especially as we've talked about as, you know, our, our multi-ethnic identity has made an impact on us, but not always in the way that you expect. So like I didn't grow, Mm -hmm. I, I didn't grow up speaking Korean every day and, I'm not necessarily cooking Korean dishes all the time. I love to eat it. I try to make some, but it's not like something that is necessarily part of my daily life, but I still get to own some of that culture and some of that Mm -hmm. influence on my life. Yeah. And so if you have that humility of like, I'm going to try to get to know this person as who they are and let them kind of unfold themselves to me, um, and try to find these points of connection where our stories are similar I think that's just a much better setup for a relationship. And so, and if you don't have that close relationship, you may just not get to know. You may just have an unanswered question. Okay, we are spilling the tea now. Good for (laughs) you because that is so true. Not everyone deserves Mm -hmm. to ask us questions until a relationship has been built. And that point of connection is powerful. But I think as we're learning in this day and age, especially as people of color, boundaries are important. So I love that you're naming that boundary of, I am not an object that you get to be, right? Because I think the reason you paused on curiosity is part of that, that sense Mm -hmm. of, okay, but wait, I'm not some strange artifact. Right. 
I'm a person. And so I love what you ended up with in the sense of humility and a willingness to learn. That's really great. Hmm. I like that. Well, ethnicity is such a huge part of our story, as you said, but also we are nuanced people and there's a lot more going on. So I would love to know, do you have a hobby or a stupid human trick, if I might, or something that you are creating or dreaming of that you would like to share with us? Because I'd like to see you as much as possible in our friendship, in your entirety. So what would you like to share with us? Yeah, I really appreciate you asking. Let me see a stupid human trick that makes me laugh. (laughs) Um, I'm a weirdly nimble person. I can like hop onto my kitchen countertop and grab something without a stool. I don't know where it comes from. I mean, I did do some Taekwondo lessons when I was little, but I don't, I really don't know where that comes from. That is impressive. I mean, are your counters like two feet high? Uh No, (laughs) no, they're legitimate. Like they're like kitchen counters. I just kind of get myself up there. Um, I love it. Yeah, it is so weird. Um, Let's see. Okay. Favorite memory hobby. I mean, my, my, my main hobby is reading, which yes. is so basic, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Depends on what you're reading. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, mostly fiction. It takes me ages to get through nonfiction, but I'm trying. Sure. Right now I'm reading about the presidency. Um, okay. The Hardest Job in the World, which is about wow. the American presidency. Definitely fiction and you know, I think I, as much as anyone else, have really been trying to focus very much on on BIPOC authors in fiction sure. um, and really enlarging my understanding. I grew up with a lot of the kind of Western classics, and that was right. a lot of what I read and was exposed to. Really, it does feel like the golden age of, of literature, um, of, you know, of BIPOC literature even, mm-hmm. even though I know that the publishing world still has so much more work to do. Um, I'm really thankful for what is available um, and how easily available it can be. So it's, it's great. And I always feel like there's something I connect to even in the fiction where I find the character or the experience that, that just kind of, I I find myself connecting to, and I can kind of explore something I'm thinking through um, as I'm reading. And that's really enjoyable. Let's see. So creating, dreaming, Chandra, I have written things like I have written two things, like in the course of five years, like two things for Christianity Today. And it took a lot out of me. I didn't know that. It is. It is a lot to bear your soul. Yeah. Well, and it's funny. I wrote the last thing I wrote was a review for the movie Parasite. And um, interesting. One of the last parties we hosted in person before lockdown was an Oscar party where we got to see um, Parasite take Best Picture. And right. I had I had another a Korean friend come also. We were both just like thrilled to death. We were so such, excited. Such a significant moment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was. Uh, so it was really fulfilling to have written that review before it became Best Picture. Um, so... Yeah, I mean, that's definitely, I think, rekindled my interest in Korean cinema. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, writing is always there on the back burner. I may find a way of getting back to it, but I used to really love it. Yeah, well, I, I need to do more research <laughs> because I <laughs> didn't know about, um, specifically about your CT articles. That's a perfect segue. Do you have a website or what should we search on Christianity Today if we want to read those articles um, as well as your other 
connections. Um, Twitter is where we met, other ways of finding you. Yeah, absolutely. No website, but you can find me on Twitter at J-S-H-A Clark. My maiden name is Shaheen, so I did Jaysha Clark. That's my... Awesome. Love it. <laughs> that's my handle. I've written about Parasite, and I've written about the, the Netflix show Master of None for CT. Okay. So that was okay. also a very long time ago. So that is, that's where you can find me. Great. Thank you. And we'll definitely put those links in the show notes. I love that you are, you, you know, we laughed about reading being basic because that does seem to be the hobby du jour in certain circles. <laughs> um, but I love how I see you melding that with cinema and with entertainment. Um, I'm just picturing this Oscar party and I w- I'm going to wrangle myself an invite maybe next year. Yes. When, when the pandemic clears up. Fly in, definitely. Yes. And I will... Um, I will come dressed up. We'll, we'll see if I'm the only Perfect. person <laughs> that is. <laughs> oh, dressed I dressed up. up. Believe me. Yes. That's what, okay. See, and I, I didn't want to put you on the spot in case you didn't, but I got <laughs> this vibe that you a hundred percent did. So I love it. I love, I love that aspect of, of you. Jennifer, thank you so much. This has been such a great conversation. I feel so encouraged. I feel so seen. I'm sure our listeners do as well. Any final things you want to share? Um, as we finish up our, our tea time here and get ready to, to go back into the world? No, just to say thank you for having me. And um, yeah, no, I feel like your, your presence and your platform has raised so many of these things that I have felt for years and just didn't have a place to go to. So I'm so thankful that your book is out in the world and um, that you are making space for these really important conversations. I'm so glad. I'm so glad. That makes it all worthwhile. As you know, having written some, whew, it, is, it is a labor of love. And this is your table. You are always welcome at it. You have a special chair just reserved for you. Maybe another time we'll find out what kind of chair it would be, how you would decorate it. Uh, <laughs> would it be plush? Would it be high-backed? But that chair is for you and this is your table. So thank you for joining us and having these conversations. And I look forward to many more uh, on Twitter as well as in person. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Thanks, Chandra. Such a powerful conversation. Thank you to InterVarsity Christian Fellowship's Creative Labs, and especially our producer, sound engineer, and technical magician, Kyle Lee. Friends and family, thank you for listening. Please rate, review, subscribe, and share so that we can keep building this community. And join us in two weeks for our next guest, Steve Tamayo. Steve is my coworker, colleague, friend, e hermano in Christ. And he's our first Mixed Blessing podcast guest that was also featured in the Mixed Blessing book. So I'm so glad for everyone to hear more of his story. Until then, may you be deeply blessed in our multi-ethnic 